Mary Mae y'all and welcome to Tarot Talk with me Jennifer Johnson. We're produced and broadcast by the Zeus Radio Network for hearwomentalk.com. And I'll tell you, I haven't got any makeup on, but things are getting better because Jerry Torre, the marble phone of Grey Gardens is in the house. And so we're going to be talking with Jerry Torre in a bit. We're going to take some Hopefully have some people call in for some readings in our first uh, segment. And Jerry is waiting at Grey Gardens, and he's going to come on and maybe try some of my corn. And we're going to talk about the magic that is Grey Gardens and his life now as a sculptor and artist. He's currently writing his memoirs. And also there is a movie in production called The Marble Phone uh, that is in production by Aggregate Pictures. So we're going to be talking with the producers of the movie, and I want all of my Grey Gardens friends, Little Edie, Big Edie fans, call in and talk with Jerry and ask him some questions. Okay, so Jennifer, I'm, I have a question. What's with the corn? I've never, I'm not a Grey Gardens fan. I have never oh. seen the film, so can you well, explain you're really, that? <laughs> well, you did see some at my party. Remember, yeah. I was playing. Yeah. Um, I have my own Grey Gardens, but... Um, Mrs. Bill cooked, liked to make corn and cook in her bedroom at Grey Gardens, and she said Jerry really liked the way she did her corn. And mm-hmm. he was such a sweet young man. He was their handyman and sort of like a son to Mrs. Bill. She really adored Jerry, as everyone does. And so that's sort of a joke. And in the play, the Broadway play, the musical, there is a song called Jerry Likes My Corn. And we're going to play that before Jerry comes on. Okay. And uh, I I guess people can call in, right? What's the phone number? Yes, if people would like to call in and talk to Jerry um, or for a free tarot reading, it's 914-338-1186. And can they chat in too? Yes, you can chat and and listen and chat in questions. And Jerry is going to be joining us, I believe, in the chat room as well. Cool. I think he's there already. Oh, good. <laughs> hey, Jerry. So, um, I see you have like how many how I, many tarot decks? I did do you have bring? a lot of tarot decks today, and I think I'll start off by doing my card of the day. I've been so excited over my Grey Gardens adventure with Jerry that I haven't even read my card yet. I believe I'm shaking a little bit. Um, Well, my card is the King of Cups, and I did a reading for Jerry this week earlier, and he has become the King of Cups in his life. I, I have written also a note about Grey Gardens relating it to the tarot, And when he was a young boy, I saw him as the fool on the journey through the tarot. When we're the fool, it's a young person full of innocence and dreams and just out to meet people that will guide you in life and change you throughout your life. And now he's become a mature, settled king of cups. He's found his place in the world, and he's uh, doing sculpting. He went to art school and in his writings and everything and all the experiences, um, there's been a resurgence about 
you know, interest in great gardens. And like he said, the magic has just come back for so many people and generations that didn't know about Grey Gardens. So he has a whole new opportunity to share his love of Grey Gardens and the magic. So I believe the King of Cups is Jerry. And that's my card for today. Okay. And I, we have a special guest here in the studio today. Yes, we do. We have Diane Carterwood. And I believe that Diane is a big Grey Gardens fan. She is. If you... She'd like to get the mic. She's a little shy right okay, now, but, but she says she's seen the movie dozens of times, and she was really thrilled when she came in and I was talking with Jerry on the phone. Wow. So, so Diane, I understand that you used to have somebody come to your house every day to do tarot reading. Is that right? Yes, every day. Every, every day. Every day. Mm -hmm. And has Jennifer ever read for you? No, she hasn't, but I might get my first one today. Okay. Yeah. So, Jennifer, tell us about the decks that you brought here. Well, I have the Legacy of the Divine Tarot, and this is sort of funny because I am a country girl, and everybody knows that. And these Legacy of the Divine, I've been saying it's by Ciro Marchetti. And I found out this week by listening to Storm Sestivani and some of my other tarot friends on the radio that it's, let's see, Ciro Marchetti, Ciro Marchetti. And so I'm learning all the time. I love his deck and love the cards, but I'm finally learning how to um, pronounce his name right. So Ciro, I'm sorry about that. And then I have my standard Rider Weight deck, and this is the um, vibrant deck. The colors are so bright. The Mystic Dreamer Tarot deck, which is a lot of intuition and dreams in this deck. The Robin Wood deck. Morgan Greer. And then I have the um, tarot cards for cats. If anyone needs a reading for their cats, we can do that too. So... Um, I need a reading for my cat, Jennifer, okay. if you don't mind. What <laughs> seems to be going on with your kitty? Tony. We talked about Tony yes. last time. Uh, Tony is 12 years old, and um, his, uh, he almost didn't make it last week. Mm -hmm. uh, we found him all limp and everything. He seems to be a little bit better. We took him to the vet, and he got fluids. And you might have just been dehydrated from the heat. But what can you tell me about Tony? Okay. Well... It seems like the wheel of fortune is on his side. Is he gray? He is. Yes. Tony, the wheel of fortune. <laughs> his fate is fixing to take a turn for the better. All He's right. going to be on top again. <laughs> you know, those cats have nine lives. They really do. And then the hermit, he needs some time just alone. He just needs a lot of quiet time, and he's just sort of searching his soul right now and doing a lot of thinking and reminiscing of when he was young, sort of like the cats in the musical. And then the hanging cat. He needs to have some, like, exercise, um, maybe do a little yoga. Maybe Jessica Duravage could help him with that. He needs a little <laughs> yoga. And believe it or not, there is a book, Yoga for Cats. And really? I have, yes. And you can actually do yoga with your cat. So um, Jessica may know about that. Okay, we'll have to ask Jessica yeah. about that. Huh. Well, he, um, you know, he does like his solitude, and he is a, a strange little cat because uh, 
he's a biter. I think I told you that yes. a couple of weeks ago. But if uh, if you um, he acts like he wants to be patted, and then you start patting him, and then all of a sudden he latches onto you and, and bites and draws blood. But um, okay, Steve yeah. is on the phone, and I believe it may be Steve from Aggregate Pictures. But we'll see. Hello, Steve. Hi, how are you? Hey, is this Steve, the producer? Yep, it's Steve. Steve Paliza? Steve. Steve McCall. Oh, I'm so sorry. You want a reading? Hey, yeah, I'm sorry too. Okay. No, I'm happy. Okay. How are you doing? Actually, I'm doing good. Okay. And you would like a reading? Do you know what I would, actually? Thank you. Okay. And is there anything in particular you're, you want to ask the cards about? Should I say it out loud? If you want to. That's entirely up to you. Or if you, you know what? I have the oddest request. You know what? I just want to know if I'm going to find peace. Oh, Okay. Okay. Well, yes. <laughs> um, I'm going to start. I've done three cards here. The first one is the lovers. And I feel that you do have a choice to make. And until you make that choice, you won't find that peace. There is an important okay. choice that may be about a relationship or a certain path in your life. And it's a very important decision that you need to make. And you probably need to consult someone else that's close to you about this choice, and it will affect your relationship. Then gotcha. we, we have the moon, and the moon is one of the cards about searching to find what you need to know when there are hidden things all around. And sometimes we have our fears. We all have our inner fears, the little demons or things that we're scared are going to happen that usually never do like if we feel there's a, a boogeyman under the bed usually you know in the light that never does come to be but we are all scared of certain things and you need to really follow your intuition and then your gotcha. your final card is the six of cups and this is a beautiful card this is the card of happiness of cups of flowers and this card on the legacy of the divine shows a boy and girl flying a kite in the sunshine and then a young girl just having happy memories so i see this as maybe your peace being found with a soulmate someone you consider to be a soulmate someone that could be from your past or someone you feel like you've known maybe in another time and you will find peace and happiness and see your dreams come true. But there is a choice that you need to make. There is a decision that you're asking, like, will you find peace? You're going to have to sort of meditate, reflect, and make an important decision. And then you will have peace. Okay? Okay. Thanks. Okay. Um, we have two minutes, and then we're going to bring Jerry on, and I am just so excited about that. I even wore one of my little Edie costumes today. I'm like little Edie. I always have a costume of the day, always, sometimes more than one. I know uh, little Edie used to change maybe eight or ten times to make Mrs. Bill happy, 
and do her dances and performances, and I'm known for doing that too. So I'm going to check on Mother and the Cats, and then we'll come back. Hi, everybody. Uh, my name is Jerry Torrey. I'm the character from the movie Grey Gardens. I was nicknamed the Marble Fawn by uh, Mrs. Edith Beale and her daughter Edie Beale. I would like to thank you for listening and for having me on the show today. Well, I'm the, so um, glad that you're here, Jerry. Thank you for inviting me. I have uh, Stephen, my producer, here with me. He's producing a film about my life called The Marble Fawn of Grey Garden. Hi. Well, Hi, Jennifer. Hey, Steve. Thank you for being here. Good. Well, yes, thank you definitely for, for having us on. We appreciate the chance to get on and tell Jerry's story a little bit. Well, I'm going to let y'all take it away. Jerry and I were talking before the show, and we were talking about the magic of Grey Gardens, and there's no one better to talk about that magic than Jerry. And I believe he had a few people he wanted to say hello to and a very special story that he shared with me. Steve, I'm sure you're familiar with it, about how he was reconnected with Mr. Mazels um, by a passenger on his taxi cab. Mm -hmm. uh, I'd like to, I'd like to tell you about that and how it, this has all begun for me. It, it started with me only five years ago. I was, a, I used to be a New York City taxi cab driver, and a woman who I picked up on Ninth Avenue got into my taxi and had a camera. And I, as I love people, I struck up a conversation with her and asked her if she was in the film industry. And she said she was, and that I had told her that I was in the movie named Grey Gardens. She told me that I was, uh, I needed to call Albert Mazels because he had been looking for me for over 30 years. He and I worked together on the documentary, uh, as people know it now, Grey Gardens. So I called up Albert Mazels after uh, she left my cab, and I went up there the following day to see and meet Albert after since 1975 I hadn't seen him and he told me about the musical that they produced and an HBO film that was going to be made based on the lives we led at Grey Gardens that was a this whole thing with Grey Gardens and its renaissance has just reoccurred in my life and um, we're working on a story, uh, a book, I'm writing my book, and we're working on filming this and putting a documentary together about my life called The Marble Fawn of Grey Gardens, produced by Stephen Paliza and Jason Hay. So I thought that would be uh, something you all might be very interested in seeing. Oh, yes. Um, would anyone else like to, would you like to ask Jerry? Um Duncan, who played Gould in the Carolina Forest production, and y'all were the first in the country, the first high school to produce and, and perform that play. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Oh, wow. This is high school, huh? Yes, sir. That's great. That's great. great. Congratulations. Thank you. The um, musical was received well, was it? Yes, it was. Um, we, uh, we almost sold out all of our shows. Um, uh, had lots of fantastic comments about the show, and uh, it was pretty exciting. And you had it some 
very good people working with y'all. Y'all have a great department, fine yes, arts department. Mark Jacobs was uh, choreographing the show. Who? Mark Jacobs. Um, no, uh, um, Mark Jones. Oh, Mark Jones. I'm sorry, that is the name. Nice fellow. I just met him. Uh, like, I was down in North Carolina. They had done the production at the Playhouse there. I was a guest with Stephen. Uh, I see. It was Mark Jones. They went to high. They went to that high school, the Forest High School. Yes. Yeah. I see. <laughs> yeah. It was. Uh, I. How was uh, the fellow that played Jerry in, in that production? Um, he he was good. Um, he's uh, he was one of the younger members of the show, but um, uh, I, I thought he did quite well in portraying Jerry. <laughs> well, it's interesting. And you enjoyed playing Gould? I loved it. Yeah, Gould was uh, Mrs. Beale's accompanist, uh, certainly years ago before I was there, but his piano was still in the library when I Ooh. lived there. I, I wow. slept on the side of the piano. It still stood in, in, the, in the library of Great Gardens after all those years. Wow. Did she talk yeah. about Gould much, Mrs. Beale? Well, it's uh, it was a funny thing. Um, the piano, although it was warped and didn't work, it, it was it was pretty run down. The house, but that particular portion of the house had a piano in it. And when I would hit the keys on the piano, Mrs. Beale would come out onto the second floor landing and start singing and sang well. She then would talk to me about Gould. Yeah, she mentioned him a lot to me. She was really fond of Gould. He was um, uh, quite a dresser, creative in his, with his music. He's a, an original musician, if you'd say, you know? A boogie-woogie composer. Yeah, he, he was. <laughs> uh, ha Happy-go-lucky fella, and Mrs. Bill loved him and was really fond of him. There was one picture of him at the mansion where he was, had, uh, I think he had knickers on, and he had these the white and black shoes that were sort of patent leather but uh, she loved them and yeah, they were uh, they worked together well producing while singing in the mansion um, Steve I wanted to ask you something last night I was watching that beautiful piece of film that um, oh. shows Jerry going through the flowers and the gardens and talking about how he found and this is for both of you, Steve and Jerry, about how he found such solace in nature. And also, um, I wanted you to talk about the film a bit, Steve, and then I'd like Jerry to talk about how he came to find Grey Gardens, that he had run away, and when he first saw little Edie draped in all her fabrics. So I'm going to let y'all <laughs> take it away now. Okay, thank you. Well, uh, yeah, that um, that piece that you speak of is uh, a little piece that Jerry and I made. Uh, we decided to take an afternoon and go out to um, Jamaica Bay Wildlife Refuge, uh, which is a bird sanctuary. You know, it's a no-fly zone for, for birds. And uh, Jerry said that it had been a place that he used to enjoy going to for solace uh, when, when he was a kid. So uh, we took a nice day out there and just took a stroll and talked and it uh, definitely turned into one of the more memorable uh, moments of our filming thus far, for sure. So I'm, I'm glad you liked that. <laughs> oh, it was beautiful. And then the other 
about his sculpting and everything we'll get into. But Jerry, if you wanted to talk some, and what I loved was when you were talking about all the beautiful wildflowers and the cattails and the rose hip tea, and you knew every flower, every plant, <laughs> and treated them just so lovingly. You know, Jennifer Swampwich, it's a funny thing. I, I, I was a runaway I ran away from a, a rough a child. I had a rough childhood. My father was very heavy-handed, and I ran away from it. I had, the only thing I really understood about life was that I loved it, and I knew an, enough about gardening that I could keep myself employed being in the gardener. And I found I was I, I was lucky. I found a job in the, as an assistant gardener for Mr. Gerald Geddes uh, in East Hampton right down the road from Grey Gardens, which I hadn't known of until one summer day, very much like this summer day, when I took my bicycle for a ride on the only street, only road that I hadn't ridden on. And um, I, I rode my bicycle down this street and uh, turned left, and I, I found the peaks of Grey Gardens sticking out of what looked like an over, a forest overgrown. And in the driveway of the uh, in front of the mansion was uh, a Cadillac. A nineteen I found out later, nineteen thirty-seven Cadillac sedan. The um, that's Chester. You hear Chester's, of course. Oh yeah, Jerry's gonna... bird, Chester. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Chester. Chester's in the movie. He's singing along here. He's a good pet. He's a red factor canary. But uh, I found Grey Gardens again on a day very much like this one. And I didn't have the courage to go up to the house right away, but later that afternoon I went to the Cadillac, which was parked. The keys were still in the ignition of the car. And it had been parked there since the early 40s. The keys were in the ignition, the door was still ajar. The... Uh, trees had grown such around it so that you couldn't have driven it if it did run out of the driveway and then of course there was the mansion that i finally jerry? Up the oh jerry yes. excuse me we're going to continue this story and we're also going to take calls for jerry if you have questions for jerry we're going okay. to a break and hold on we'll be right back It's a very special day for me on Tarot Talk because I have my dream guest, Jerry Torre, the marble phone of Grey Gardens here, along with Steve Paliza, the producer for Aggregate Films, um, who is producing a movie on Jerry's life, The Marble Phone. And we've been talking about the magic of Grey Gardens and Jerry's memories and remembrances, and they're just so beautiful. You know, and it's so wonderful to hear from Jerry, who was there in the beautiful Grey Gardens that we all wish we had been at. And I imagine myself as being little Edie there with Jerry and all the kitties and giving the kitties luncheon and doing my dances, because I do terrific dances, too. Um, but, Jerry, I believe we have a caller. Oh, I wanted to tell everyone the number is 914-338-1186. And you can also chat at hearwomentalk.com at the social site. Um, Angie, did you have a question for Jerry? 
Yeah, hi, Jerry. Hey. And Sandy. Uh, hey, um, it is so, it is so great to be able to talk to you all. I have a question. Um, what is your fondest memory of, um, a Christmas that you might have spent with both the Edies at Grey Garden? Uh, a really favorite Christmas time. It was my favorite Christmas time was unfortunately our last together. We had uh-huh. a, we had we had very little or nothing to live on, but we did have each other. And we I set, I set up a little Christmas tree that I went out into the garden and snipped the top of a evergreen that was growing out there. It was around two feet tall, and I took some paper plates and caught and cut little ideal little little sculptures out of them in paper and did string some popcorn so we had our christmas tree and we i set that up on a dresser in mrs beale's room that was that was our christmas tree and i had gone to mr getty's who had given us a turkey and brought it to the house we had each other and it was very simple and we stayed up late that christmas eve we did. Mrs. Beale was wonderful. We did pray from the gospel a little and held hands and talked about the future. We somehow all knew that. Well, I felt it. It would be our last Christmas time together. That New Year's Eve also was special. Just in that we were there again and we were all together, and it was um, it was just a sentimental moment. That year we had snow, so the house was really magical oh it was just a simple we didn't have you know angie we didn't have a lot but we had each other and what was most well, interesting that's all about you this, well you know it's all we needed and we all mm-hmm. felt so we were i felt so safe in the mansion and and so loved so it was um the magic of being inside the house with mrs veal was one kind of magic that i've yet to know she was very literate. We should read first for me and uh, Henry David Thoreau and Edgar Allan Poe and and all types of all kinds of verse to me. It was pretty pretty wonderful. Longfellow. That was our Christmas. It was a simple Christmas at Great Gardens, but nothing like I've ever experienced. I guess it was because I was I was loved, and that made it all the better. Okay, thank you, and thank you, Angie. And we have another question from Jennifer. Hey, Jennifer. Hi, Jennifer. I love your little accent. You sound so adorable. Oh, thank you. Don't, you know, like my husband says, don't turn your back on me. I'm a rattlesnake. (laughs) But that's not true. No. That's what my husband says, though, but he doesn't mean it. But thank you a lot, Jennifer. And and do you have a question for Jerry? I absolutely did. I just wanted to say um, real quick, um, you know, Jerry, for so many of us who love the film and, we, you know, we've spent time watching it and, uh, you know, it's kind of a, a, just a part of us. We've all taken something away from coming across and uh, you're coming out with a documentary and I understand you're writing memoirs. Um, with you coming back into the picture and, and, you know, doing these interviews, and it's kind of like having an old friend to come back. It, it just kind of brings back all the, you know, the good memories and, um the things we liked about the film. So I, I really wanted to say I'm so glad that you did this today and I get a chance to talk to you because uh, I just think that oh. what, it was such a wonderful, wonderful thing. You know, it's just the, the whole film was just a wonderful statement of something that, you know, it, we all took something different from. 
Thank you for saying those beautiful words to me. I, I really feel love and appreciate you for that. Um, I could not have imagined my life today if I hadn't lived and known Mrs. Beale 35 years ago. Um, I, I think I was taught more about humanity in the years I stayed there and more about being a human being that, that has been with me all of these years. And I do feel very, very entitled to be a person now and very strong about giving myself to people. I do have, a, I do feel very close to people uh, because of Great Gardens. I, I feel like I, I can relate to so many people who see the film because I am still the same person. And I, it was very, uh, it was no script to the movie, and I was honored to have been so accepted into such a private moment in, in such reclusive people's lives. So it means a, the world to me that people can see that film and understand what was going on because if honestly if it wasn't for the film I couldn't have explained my life at Great Gardens because it's it was it's so different and it would be so difficult to explain but Mrs. Beale had told me that in my lifetime that it would make a great deal of, it would be a very important film in my life and it would mean a lot to me later on in life it's been 35 years. God bless her. She was right. So I, I appreciate your, your comments. It, it's a very sentimental time, and I'm so glad to be alive to share it with you. Um, thank you very much. Yeah, thanks, Jennifer. And I'm, I feel like I have a new Grey Gardens friend. So it's a special group. And I think people, very sensitive people, are drawn to the movie. I think people with great big hearts and a love of everything beautiful and true beauty does come from within and strength also you know little Edie was a staunch character and and I am too and she Jerry I'm sure you were always entertained weren't you um, there was they were not boring people Mrs. Bill and Edie were very entertaining and I would say that what I loved about Edie was her ability to create and to keep herself amused. Mrs. Bill and Edie would amuse each other for endless hours, or late into the night. I remember a winter <laughs> night where we would just, um, I, I wouldn't participate because it was sort of over my head. I was a teenager. So they would just go back and forth with literature and discussions about portions of, of, of a book that were really enlightening. And today I understand what these conversations meant to, uh, to the reader. And they were the readers. And they were not boring. No, Of course, there was a lot of history that was shared. <clears throat> excuse me. There was a lot of history given and shared to me about Mrs. Beale's family and her past. And that was extraordinary. You know, her history of her family, the tree, her family tree was extraordinary. And not not so much because she was related to Mrs. Onassis, but the fact that her, her on the European side of her legacy, that her relatives were general, was a general in Napoleon Bonaparte's army. And she had also mentioned to me, and I kept my word, and I still do, on Easter, I, I place a, a rose on the Bouvier altar that's in St. Patrick's Cathedral. 
And she had mentioned that altar to me. Oh, boy, it was about 1973, and she had mentioned to me that Michel Bouvier had participated in construction of that cathedral that I need to, if she would, if I'd be so kind to go there and place uh, roses on that altar at the Easter season. And I, and I did, and I still do every Easter, go there and place ro a rose on the altar. It's, uh, it was amazing, the history of her family, also her mind. She was so, so independent and so different. I, I loved her convictions. She was very, very sure of herself and everything she felt and did and I, I thought that was a strength that you, only time can and only life can teach you and I was lucky enough to be a taught by someone who knew life as well as Mrs. Beale and Edie, well Edie, Mrs. Beale so much, you know? Exactly. Well, you couldn't have learned that in school, that's for sure. And we're going to go to a break and we'll okay. be back with more of Jerry and our phone number is 914-338-1186 so if you have a question for Jerry call in welcome back to Tarot Talk with Jennifer Johnson and my very special guest Jerry Torre the marble phone and I have to tell you I am pulverized by this latest thing the marble phone is moving in and with us we have the producers of the film uh, the Marble Phone, which is a documentary of Jerry's life. And Jason Hay is joining us now. And Jason, um, I'm so glad you could call in and be with us. And I believe Jerry said nobody could sort of explain it better than you, so we're going to let you tell us about this great film. Oh, I, to I totally appreciate that, Jennifer. And uh, th thanks again uh, for, for having us all on. Uh, I guess uh, the best way to put it is this started for me uh, being like uh, a lot of people, just a huge fan of uh, the movie Grey Gardens. And uh, I started watching it uh, pretty much repeatedly for a while. And um, at one point, uh, I stopped watching the movie and started researching the kind of the characters' uh, lives beyond just what I was seeing on, on the movie screen. And... Uh, through all my research, I was, you know, I came across everyone, and uh, when, I, when I got to Jerry, I, I really couldn't find uh, all the information that, that I wanted to, to know, you know what I mean? There was, he, was, he was a young kid, and he just seemed like a really interesting character in the film, and I, there just wasn't a lot of information about him. In fact, uh, in some of the uh, articles I had read, uh, people had thought he had actually died at one point. Wow. Um, so I uh, kind of got a little brave and uh, tried to use the, the powers of the Internet to see if I could reach out mm -hmm. and find Jerry. And um, I actually did. And um, I am lucky enough to say he called me back. And um, we started talking and, you know, built up a, built up a, a base of trust. And I went to New York to visit him. And luckily enough, uh, when I was visiting Jerry, I came across my friend Steve Polizza, who I had gone to high school with, and we had shared interests in film and art, and um, it was kind of just the perfect meeting of the three of us. And really, since um, about November, December of uh, last year, we've just really been, just been 
becoming friends and getting to know each other, and uh, there just happens to be a camera involved uh, with the whole process. So it's not. It, it, I think it's a. I think it's a great meeting of friends that's just going to happen to be filmed, and it's not just about Grey Gardens. It's about, of course, uh, Jerry's relationship with the Beals, but it's you know Jerry's had a fantastically exciting life uh, outside of Grey Gardens. Did and I just ramble on? No, I and no, no, I would you like you to tell everybody the link to your site because I have been watching these films of the marble phone, and it reminds me the way it's done, the beauty of it, and the sounds, and seeing Jerry looking out the window talking about New York City, and then in the gardens, is very much the same caliber to me as the documentary. It is just um, beautiful. Oh, thank you. That you know, Stephen uh, Stephen handles the camera, and um, so any credit as far as how it looks uh, from a cinema cinematography point of view would have to be uh, aimed at him. But uh, really, we we just we're trying to stay true. Nothing. We don't. You know, there's obviously no script or anything. It's really just you know three people getting to know each other, and. Um, you know, for me it was beautiful as well because I, I hadn't spent any time personally in New York City. And as, you know, a lot of people may know, Jerry drove a cab in New York City for 25 years. So if anyone's going to know the streets of the city and where the, the best spots to go and the most exciting things to see are, it would be, of course, Jerry Torrey. You and, know? Yes. And, and we have a question uh, from someone. We, oh, sorry, sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. A question from someone in the chat room. Uh, Jennifer, someone named Jen, Jen Yoder. Hey, she Jen. Says, Do you know she's her? A, she's okay. a very big Grey Gardens fan. Okay, she says, someone asked Jerry about Lois White. Oh. Well, I don't know what that means. Lois Wright. Wait. Lois White she's got on here. Oh. oh Lois White. Uh, so, someone asked me a question about Lois Wright. Okay. Now... Well, we're not we're not understanding what the question is. Yeah, we'll just go on. Um, we can move oh, on. <laughs> it's okay. We're we're going to move on from that. Um, just keep on with. I would like to know about the sculptures and also what you did this past weekend. Weren't you at a very special event, Jerry? Um, Thank you for it. Yeah, at exactly Cape Cod. I'm sorry. Yeah, I was invited up to Cape Cod for question and answers. Um, after the musical Grey Gardens has had been performed on stage, I had seen the musical. Uh, this is about my 30th time of seeing the movie, a wow. musical. I was invited up there. was uh, great. Cape Cod is a special place. Uh, I hadn't been out there in a year. I used to work in Provincetown, but that was an, a lifetime in itself. But, yes, I was invited out to the Cape and... Uh, to see the production of uh, it was excellent it was done at the cape playhouse and it's still running it's a especially interesting theater because uh it's just an especially interesting theater because it's all wood and it's been there for a hundred years or so betty davis played there when she was a young woman so it, it's got a lot of history to it um the musical is you know the musical is especially sentimental to me because it is the very venue that Mrs. Bill and Edie sought all of their lives, and I think I think the energy of Grey Gardens was such that 
it had to be realized by not only a filmmaker named Albert Mazels and not only a young kid named Jerry Torrey, but by an audience of people still, because they're, they're, the creative energy and the free spirits that was Mrs. Villaniti, I believe were, were so magnetic that it, was a, it had to go on into a musical. The documentary was transformed into a beautiful piece of art, and it's a beautiful musical. And you said something about Stephen Polizzi's technical work with the yes, camera. Yes, I agree with, I completely am on board with that thought. He is a, a very gifted natural artist with that camera, and he can, he doesn't ask me to produce, to say or do anything and just records. I'm the, I'm the one that's nervous, and he's <laughs> the one that's not. So it's, it's good that he can just collect the information about my life and I do know that it has been a, a especially interesting life. Uh, it certainly has had its high points, and it certainly has had its low points. And I think that's the message that we will have uh, in a, a completion when we finish the film, the, the Marvel Fawn of Great Gardens. I, I, I know Stephen is the man for the job, and, and Jason certainly is the man for the job. So... Um, and it will take us all through my journey up to the present day, whereas, of course, I'm a sculptor now at the Art Students League of New York. Beautiful so. work, too, Jerry. And I wanted to tell you, we have a little under two minutes, and I want to thank you and wish you Godspeed. But, Jerry, I want you to close out with your thoughts, whatever you'd like to leave everyone with. And this will be archived. Just um, give us from your heart your feelings of whatever you'd like to say to everyone today I'd like to extend my best wishes for everyone listening for to do and to be the best person that they can be to share with each other the love that we all know and to have the courage to step up to be the best people that we can be um, I am thrilled to be alive to share my life I do have the courage to say I care a great deal about the human race and really would like everyone to be and to be as uh, satisfied as I have known people to be satisfied. So I just feel very lucky to be alive. Um, and I know that my heart is pure and want everyone to know that I would wish them the best luck in everything that they do. It's a... Uh, it's a wonderful world, and it's a very short time that we're here, and it's great to, to reach out and to improve our lives as people. And Jerry, and it, Jen yeah. Yoder says, we love you, Jerry, and I have to say, I love you, Jerry, and you have touched my heart in such a way, and you are a gift, a true gift, and a blessing well, to so many people, and this has been one of the just most happiest days of my life. And thank you for for everything. And I look forward I to do. seeing Anytime. the documentary. Thank you very much. And thank thanks, you, uh, thank, thank y'all. Thank Gold. Thank you, Gold. Yeah, Gold. No problem. We'll see you. See you on Broadway. <laughs> okay. Bye. Bye, everyone. And we okay. look forward to seeing everybody next week. Y'all talk slow okay. and hurry back.